Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you'll hear from career experts from different fields of career management who will share their wisdom about best practices designed to help you find, advance, or change your desired. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals. This morning, our guests are Kim Christensen-Lee, an executive leadership coach, and Greg Robbins, a retired energy industry executive. Today's topic is strategies for developing leadership skills. If you are currently an individual contributor who wants to move into a leadership role, or you're currently a leader wondering how you can become a better leader, you are listening to the right podcast. Welcome, Kim and Greg. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Lorraine. Kim, I think we'll start with you because you are the career coaching expert. Tell us how you became involved in leadership coaching. Okay. Thank you, Lorraine. Um, I became involved in leadership coaching over a lot of years in the energy industry. I started as an HR manager. Then I worked in strategic planning. And ultimately, I became a talent manager in my company's capital projects division. And um, I started to notice what worked and didn't work to help people progress in their careers and with their career goals. Um, I saw that it didn't work very well for people to just sit in a class. And it didn't work to let people just try to learn by experience. And what I found really worked was getting people in a conversation to describe and internalize what good was going to look like for them and their leadership and their way of working, and then give them lots of opportunities for practice, application, feedback, and more practice. And uh, also the kind of reflection that you get by working with a coach. You know, Kim, not all of our listeners may be familiar with the entire profession of coaching. Can you share um, with our listeners about the coaching field? Yes, thank you. Um, first, a couple of things about what coaching isn't. Sometimes think, people think coaching is about fixing problem performers, and that's not what coaching is. Or they think it's like the sports coach that you see who's sort of, you know, shouting at the players, giving them instructions and advice. Um, what coaching is, is it's an applied learning process where you're working with a trained professional thought partner. Uh, to really get clear on goals that you're trying to achieve over a fixed amount of time. And then just to structure some really systematic ways to practice getting better at your craft. Um, so it's a way of helping people really set goals and find out what's getting in the way and what's going to help them and move forward and make some real progress. So what I've found is that Coaches are what some of the good or best leaders use to become really great at their jobs. Thank you for sharing that um, definition, giving us an idea of coaching. And now we're going to call on Greg because actually Greg shared that he worked with you as he developed his um, executive leadership skills. So, Greg, what was your experience with leadership coaching before you started with Kim? Uh, well, Lorraine, as you mentioned, uh, my, my career has been 38 and a half years now has been with a large international uh, oil and gas company. And, and that was fortunate for me because uh, that particular company already had some strong systems in place for career development and, and for leadership training. Uh, and one of those tools was a 360 survey Um and, you know, over my last 20 of the 30, 38 and a half years or so, I participated in, in four of those type of surveys uh, of various types. And, and the surveys are designed to get formal feedback from three specific groups of people. You know, one being your direct reports, uh, another being your peers, and finally you get... Um, uh, feedback from your supervisors, sometimes from multiple tiers of supervisors. You know, and they they ask very specific questions about uh, different dimensions of leadership, including leadership behaviors. And, uh, you know, as you can imagine, you know, those kind of reports generate a lot of data and statistics. Um, and uh, other than 
to make a plan uh, after you take the survey um, to, uh, that outlines what, I, what am I going to do with the feedback from the survey. Uh, there was not a lot of uh, prescriptive things on what I had to do with the, the feedback. Um, so after my second and third surveys, I, you know, I, I tried to do it on my own, the first one, and I wasn't happy with the results. So after the second and third surveys, uh, I chose to engage uh, leadership coaches, um, which were not Kim, uh, to help me identify trends in the data and to help me focus on, you know, what are the most impactful trends? Um, so uh, engaging leadership coaches really ramped up the, the usefulness of, uh, or the, the, uh, uh, the improvement, I would say, in developing leadership skills. So sort of reflecting back on what Kim said, you had a lot of data, a lot of information to process, but was kind of maybe struggling for the action plan. And that's where a coach steps in. So Kim, I know that you and Greg work together. Share what your approach to leadership coaching was specifically, like when you meet with someone uh, like Greg, who has lots of data, but wants to know how, what to do with the data. All right. Well, yeah. So as Greg mentioned, you know, uh, Leaders get a lot of feedback through many different channels, including the 360 data, and they even develop action plans. But then what do you do to get from sort of idea to having a tangible impact with your team, with the people you work with, and with your growth? So what I really emphasize is practice. Um, So setting goals, getting practice, and getting some immediate ways to get impact. So simply, I really think that three steps are important. The first one is to know where you are. Uh, Greg had a really um, insightful way of looking at the data and understanding what it was saying. And even though that's not everything that needs to happen, spending the time to understand the feedback you're getting from the team and the impact you're having is something that you can skip over too quickly. And you need that time understand the current state so that you can pick where to focus your attention going forward. And then the second step is spending time in conversation with your coach to sort of, you know, set a specific objective for the future. It's more than an action plan. The action plan is needed, but it takes some conversation time to pick a specific point in the future and look for some markers of your progress. So you can get a set, uh, you can get a feeling of coherence about where you're going. And it's definitely more than like one annual discussion about your career development. It's, get, it's becoming a learner in a structured situation. And then the third step is really learning by doing. So every time you have that conversation and you look at your action plan, take the opportunity to ask about something very specific that's coming up over the next week or two to practice something that adds range to your impact and your leadership so that you're learning by doing. Kim, I love that three-step approach, the understanding and then moving into um, learning by doing. Um, Greg, we had a little conversation before this show, and you shared the importance of being prepared to work with a coach. And I think Kim has already said you were a great person to coach. So give us some insights on what you did before you entered that coaching relationship. Yeah. So, so in general, uh, you know, the first time I did a 360 survey, I was, uh, I really wasn't sure uh, uh, what I was going to get, you know, it was, it was something that was new and different and, and uh, I really didn't, uh, I didn't appreciate the power of it uh, the first time. I mean, I muddled my way through it, and I probably, you know, I probably like most people, I I really liked the good feedback that I got, and that made me feel real good. But wasn't sure what to do with the with some of the some of the more negative feedback that you get. Um, and uh, and I found out that there was a big gap sometimes between what I thought of. Uh, what I thought I was doing and, and how what I was doing was perceived by others. Um, so I, I learned pretty quickly that, that um, after I engaged my first coach that, that um, uh, you know, there's several things uh, 
that you need to do to improve the effectiveness of the coaching. But the very first thing, and we've talked about, we've touched on it already, is to be very, you know, I needed to be very clear about um, what my expectations, what did I want to get out of the engagement? Um, and what did I need to get out of the engagement? Uh, so, so being very clear about your short-term uh, needs and longer-term career goals are also important um, in, in being ready to engage a leadership coach. Um, so, you know, my, my company also had a, a, a document that, uh, that they required most people to, uh, to develop called a career development plan. And, uh, you know, I dutifully completed my career development plan and stuck it on the shelf uh, when I was required to update it uh, in my early career. But, um, but what I realized is that, is that actually pulling out that career development plan and using it to help shape what you need from leadership coaching could be a very powerful thing. And so uh, I really began to use my career development plan as a tool uh, rather than just something I was required to do. And, uh, and a good leadership coach can help you develop those action plans through that uh, conversation and engagement that Kim was talking about. Uh, and it, it'll help you, one, wrestle with the feedback. Two, you can learn a little something about yourself um, and what your own strengths are and weaknesses. Uh, or challenges, uh, and you can develop something that's, you can develop actions that are aligned with your career goals. Uh, and it, they can help you identify, you know, where you may need some additional skills uh, or training or help or mentoring to reach your longer-term goals. So if I'm hearing you correctly, spend the time to develop a fairly comprehensive career development plan, don't put it on the shelf and pull it out once a year and dust off the dust, but to look at it, it, you know, value your strengths, but also look at areas of improvement and then ask for help. Is that what I'm hearing you say is that the whole coaching thing is, first of all, admitting that you need some assistance and then finding someone to provide you with that support? Yes, Absolutely. Okay. And, it, and, it, and the, the really powerful thing is being very clear before you start with your coach, what is it that you need? Uh, and, then, and then that helps you get to where you need to be. Um, Kim, I know one of the key points in a coaching session is to have the, the client or the person like Greg come and share with you their goals. Is that something that you find helpful when you're working with um, Lead, people that want to develop their leadership skills? Yes. I mean, I think um, one of the most important things I've learned in my own growth as a coach is ownership. Um, starting every session, asking the client what they would like to focus on and what they would like to walk away with from the session. And then also keeping our eye on that throughout the entire coaching engagement. So, Kim, when you and Greg started together, what was the first thing that you started working on? Uh, well, you know, uh, he so luckily Greg walked in with the ownership and that put us in a position to do some work on on insight into the current state. So the current state means sort of what's happening now in your leadership. So that was spending some time with these assessments and... Um, there's different lenses you can use to get that insight. Uh, I think Greg talked about two of the three. One of them is sort your own reflections on your leadership. One that's important is asking for feedback from somebody other than yourself through a 360 feedback process. And then the third lens that I think can add value when people are up for it is sort of a, a self-assessment inventory. So the one we happen to use is called the Hogan. It's, it's very scientific. It's extremely well-tested and it's aimed specifically at um, 
how people answer questions and what that probably predicts in their strengths and their derailers and their values, kind of what lights them up. So in Greg's case, he was willing to take a a self-assessment in addition to these other um, two areas he'd worked on. And one of the strengths we discovered was inquisitiveness, which is so important for leaders. (laughs) So we were really able to use that strength in a number of ways and to cross-compare it with his self-reflection in his 360. Um, Greg, some people are really hesitant about taking any kind of a test to show their strengths, their weaknesses. So let's help people take the fear out of that. What did it feel like getting feedback on your strengths? And did you find it helpful? Well, um, you know, Lorraine, yeah, absolutely. You know, in terms of understanding your strengths, uh, and I would say, I would characterize it as understanding your strengths uh, as well as where you may be vulnerable um, or, or things that could be a, a problem for you, for you uh, from a leadership engagement perspective. I, I think understanding both of those are really powerful tools. Um, but if you don't understand your strengths, um, uh, I mean, that's what, you ha- that's what you have. Those are the things that you're most comfortable pulling out of your toolbox. And they're likely to be the, the, the things that you can use for immediate effectiveness. Uh, and that's why they're so very important. And, and it gives you credibility uh, as you work through development of some of your, uh, as you try to develop some skills and things that may need development. So uh, uh, it helps you be, to say another way, it really helps you be more intentional in, uh, in your leadership development because you can leverage your strengths while you're working on avoiding any blind spots or avoiding any areas where you know you might, uh, you might need some development. So, but, you know, I'll, I'll say when, when Kim first started uh, mentioning that, um, it was, uh, I, I was a little hesitant, but, uh, but I could see value uh, in, in getting whatever information I might get from the survey. And, and I'll say again, you know, it's always, it's always more comfortable to, to, uh, to read the good things, your strengths, uh, and that's important, but, but it's also very important to understand where your uh, areas of development are. Um, and when you get that information, it, it allows you to become a much more effective leader. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to continue to discuss with Greg the importance of feedback because, as Kim pointed out, that is the beginning of this whole process. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central. Before the break, we were talking to Greg about handling feedback from as part of the coaching process. Greg, let's just jump back and talk about how important do you feel feedback is in the process of developing leadership skills? Okay, Lorraine, I mean, 
Um, in your question, you said, how important do I think feedback is? And, uh, you know, to me, importance is more of a grayscale metric, a sliding scale. And I would actually say that, that getting the feedback and then as importantly, understanding the feedback uh, from internal and external stakeholders, if it's applicable, it's actually an essential element. I, I would say without it, um, uh, you one could never reach their full potential as a leader without understanding and checking the pulse of, of how they're doing and looking for what they're doing well, looking for things they should stop doing, you know, looking for things they should probably start doing. Uh, it's actually an essential element. That's that's how important it is. You know, it's at the it's at the top end of of that grayscale. Okay. Uh, and I'll you know I'll add it's not always getting it's not always easy getting feedback um, uh, in the first place. Uh, you know, you you send out surveys and the people that you're looking for feedback from they're all busy uh, uh, busy doing their real jobs and they it take they have to take time away uh, to to provide feedback for you and for your development. And so uh, you know I found. Uh, in my experience that you get a much better response rate uh, when you ask people for feedback. If you've taken some time to make, to show the desire for the feedback, you know, let people know that you're open for that feedback, uh, whether it's good or bad, you know? Uh, And I would say no feedback is really bad. It's just, it's, uh, it's opportunity. Uh, And then you need to honor the feedback that you get. Uh, from them when the when the reports are back in and when you've decided what you're going to be doing with the feedback is to get the group together and share the results of the feedback in a generic way um, uh, and and let them know uh, what you intend to do with it and what your commitment is to act on feedback that they provided and when and when people see that in you they're they're much more willing to uh, to provide feedback uh, for your development. So it's sort of a circle. You show people that you want feedback, you get the feedback, you process the feedback, you use it, which reinforces people so that in the future when you ask for feedback, they go, oh, I will do this. I'll spend this time because he's going to listen to me. I know that um, in the middle of this pandemic, you and Kim faced um, a challenge on getting feedback. Couldn't just all you know gather in an office someplace. Um, Kim, do you want to share the unique way that you and Greg got feedback during this pandemic? Sure, Lorraine. Um, Originally, before COVID hit, we had planned to take a time when we would gather as team face-to-face to do what we call an upward feedback session. And uh, the idea there is, uh, you know, everybody has something that they want from the, their team leader and you try to get people in the same time and space so you can get a consensus view of those areas of agreement across the team that will have the greatest impact. So when we realized we couldn't do that face-to-face, which, you know, helps us build a certain amount of trust, we decided to experiment with a virtual approach And uh, it worked very well. What we did, first of all, Greg's pointed out one of the most important things, which is he um, let his team know that he welcomed positive and constructive feedback, that he wanted both and that he was going to use both. And uh, we asked the team to send me some some email responses to to three questions. What should Greg... um, stop doing, start doing, or continue doing to be most effective with the team at this uh, disruptive time. So there's a lot of disruption going on in the industry and with the pandemic. Uh, I was really impressed. We had about a dozen people. Everybody responded to the questions. And we took the, go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Kim, can you share what kinds of questions you asked? 
Yeah, well, it was really simple. So we we wanted to get away from jargon, and it was just give us specific examples of things Greg should start doing to help the team perform better, continue doing, or stop doing. And we also asked a generic angle of those same questions. What should any team leader do? Stop doing, start doing, or continue doing to help the team become more effective. And I also... I know that part of what was so powerful is we we didn't do that in a vacuum. We got the team together virtually to look at their affinity group responses and help us prioritize them. They presented it back to Greg and Greg ensured that he um, asked about everything that was there. Kim, for our listeners who might want to do that, can you just give a couple of ideas on, on how to build that trust when you're having basically in Zoom, it's still face to face? Oh, you mean how to build the trust if you're in Zoom? Right. In other words, how, you know, people, how do you make people feel comfortable sharing? Right. Okay. So I think the most important thing is to separate your own views and opinions of yourself from the feedback that you're getting. Because it's not all about you, really. Everybody's coming into their relationship with you as a leader with a different place, different needs. So um, I think it's good to just listen and take notes (laughs) and say nothing. (laughs) Ask questions. Don't worry about agree or disagree. Just take it down and allow the person to have their opinion, whether you agree or not, because you're only going to get it a second time if you embrace it the first time. So Can I I add a little perspective on that? Absolutely. That that question? Um, and this, w- this was actually an observation from one of our team members uh, because uh, there are obvious limitations when you're dealing in a virtual environment and, and trust is a big issue. Uh, fortunately, um, I feel like we did very well on that, uh, on that front because um, we had started our journey with this team uh, before COVID-19 restrictions came about. So everybody on the Zoom call knew everyone else. Um, uh, and I think there was already a, a fairly open environment in terms of the, the, um, the functioning of the team. Um, but I can certainly see if you were trying to do this cold from scratch and you had people on a Zoom call that you didn't already have a relationship with that it might be more challenging. Um, And the other thing that I would say here is, uh, in full disclosure, uh, this particular approach where where you assemble the whole team together uh, to to share feedback was was not in my comfort zone. (laughs) My my experience uh, for the bulk of my career is, is when I would get feedback, um, you know, I would, uh, I would share generically, uh, with the larger group, uh, in, in general, what the feedback was and, and, um, but, but I would, I would receive the feedback, uh, uh, on, on more of a one-on-one engagement rather than having it all in a team setting. And that's what I had done before. Uh, and I found that people, well, at least I thought that people were, were more open and willing to share feedback in, uh, in a smaller setting. Uh, and, and I guess a concern of mine was that you'd wind up having groupthink around feedback. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I'll have to admit that, that, uh, I was, I was surprised with the, uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with the way Kim organized it in the first place. She she collected all the individual feedback uh, on a one-on-one basis, and then she did a lot of work in in organizing the meeting. Uh, but uh, but I th- I think it was very powerful the format that she used for uh, for the feedback session. And that was going to be one of my follow-up questions. Kim, it sounds like you moderated this um, discussion. Is that correct? Right. Uh, 
one of the sessions Greg attended, one he didn't, but we put up what I had gathered from the team. We set some protocols so people understood the confidentiality of the discussion and that we were going to presume positive intent, you know, so people had some idea how to participate. And then we asked people to um, do some voting on what was most important to them as a team. So we didn't try to do everything. We asked people to, you know, each assign some votes. So then Greg, either as a participant or coming in separately, could see where people wanted most of their attention. And that was that was easy to do online. So it sounds like what we're saying is that a key part of developing your leadership um, skills is to be open and vulnerable. And Greg shared uncomfortable with hearing from your team members. That's a very important part of your growth as a leader. Would you, do you agree with that or are we in the right track? Uh, yeah, I would certainly agree with the way you restated that. Uh, okay. It's a good summary. The, okay. the other thing before we, we, we move too far off of this is uh, Kim mentioned that, uh, that in response to your question around what were some specific questions, uh, when we, when we got feedback on, um, on, uh, leadership of the project manager of the group, you know, we were very specific in, uh, in, and welcoming personal feedback on my performance, but also encouraged the group, uh, to provide any insight on what any, any project manager might need to do because, uh, you know, in addition to the, to the COVID-19, uh, as you as you may know, the you know, the oil and gas sector in particular is going through um, uh, a, a bit of a rough patch right now, and it's leading to a lot of consolidation. And uh, and there was a good chance, uh, and I would say almost a certainty that uh, that I would that I would my position would be replaced by someone else. So, just reinforcing, as a leader, you were looking to develop your own skills, but then also support your team, which I think is that trust-based communication. You know, I, I like your help getting better, but I want to make sure that, you know, I help you also. Is that Yeah, it was something that I wanted to be, I wanted the results of this to be something that I could share with whoever's stepping into my role. Um, Greg, I know that you and Kim started working together actually during the last years of your career, you know, at a time when you were pretty sure you were going to retire why was it important to you to participate in coaching at that point in your career? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a bit of an interesting story, Lorraine. Um, uh, you know, the, and I've, I've mentioned the three surveys, the three formal feedback surveys that I participated in. They were all initiated by myself. You know, I'm, I initiated them. They're things that I saw I needed for my leadership development. Uh, and so uh, uh, I, I was in the driver's seat there. And, uh, and it was on the second and third surveys that I decided I would engage a coach for some help. But this fourth and last survey was actually mandated by the company. And I was actually required to go out and get a leadership coach for the survey uh, uh, to, to help me develop a, a leadership action plan. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's the right the right, our learning plan or something. Okay. So, uh, but I already knew that my short-term and long-term career goals had collided. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, and the the goal was basically the same because I had already planned to retire. And, and I frankly questioned the need to do the survey. Um, uh, But, uh, I decided I would go ahead and and uh, be a good leader <laughs> and go ahead and, and engage in the survey, get the feedback. Uh, and the company uh, helped arrange for Kim to work with me uh, as a leadership coach uh, uh, to get through this last uh, this last bit. And, uh, you know, I I was. I don't know why I was surprised, but uh, I guess it's because Kim had Kim brought a a, uh, 
more dimensions of, of coaching than I had experienced with my prior coaches uh, in that uh, she, you know, she helped me uh, see the value in the Hogan assessment. Uh, she worked on conversation to understand what I needed. And I was able to, to work very specifically using, using the same thought process that I'd used in my other, uh, my other uh, surveys in that, you know, understanding critically what I needed and what I needed was a short term. We're all related around short term goals and recognizing that we were in a very dynamic environment uh, with our project and with the industry. Uh, and so I was able to tailor that action plan toward specific stakeholder engagements uh, that frankly helped me use my last uh, year uh, working on setting up this project to be in a pretty good place in spite of the dynamic nature of what was going on. So, um, you know, I feel like we, we added a lot of value uh, to the project I was working on because, because I just maintained discipline uh, in my leadership approach. And, and I think uh, helping the team working through the transition and actually being able to use these, the feedback data in a format that I could hand over to my supervisor helped develop my transition and knowledge management transfer plan uh, in my retirement. So, uh, I guess you really can teach old dog new tricks. <laughs> Greg has um, been very kind to share with us his development as a, as a leader from early in his career, and now we know all the way through his retirement. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Greg to share advice for those of you that are just starting on your leadership role development. So we'll be back in just a minute and continue our conversation with Greg and Kim. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central. Before the break, we were talking to, to Greg, who has shared that he has used leadership coaching throughout his career. We'd like to ask him, put him on the spot right now, and ask Greg, A lot of our listeners are very early in their careers. Many would like to rise to the level that you rose to during your career. What advice do you have for them? Okay, I've got three things. So easy to remember. Okay. One is is, uh, it's never too early to start working on your leadership uh, development because it doesn't really matter where you are in your career. There will be elements that that you need to take uh, to be a leader in. And so be proactive and intentional in owning your own leadership development. Uh, If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. So that's number one. Number two, and we've talked about this quite a bit already, but feedback is important. So ask for it from your direct reports, your peers, and your leadership. 
and be willing to provide it to others. That's two. And number three, uh, shop for and engage a professional leadership coach. Uh, I was way too long. I was way too late in getting and uh, in, in realizing that in my career. So don't make the same mistake I did. Uh, use them to understand yourself, your feedback and development of your plans and follow up with them. Uh, if you get a good one, they'll make good accountability partners for you. So, um, so those are my three, three pieces of advice. And those are fantastic. During our shows, we always ask our guests to give our listeners a five-second challenge. And what that means is something they can do immediately after the show so that they start to down the path of developing a, a career advancing skill. What challenge do you want our listeners to have? Okay. So, so this is a three part, five second challenge. I don't know. If <laughs> we can do it. Time. We can do it. Okay. But each, each one of them is a five second thing. So, okay. So first, if you don't have a career development plan, start one. And it's not hard. All you need is a, is a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil with an eraser or a computer. Start one. And it's not hard. Just think about what are your short-term goals the next one to three years. Uh, and, then, and then second, what are you, where do you see yourself? Step back and say, where do I see myself in the next five to ten years? Right? Okay. And then ask yourself, what do I need to do to get there? What, what development do I need to get there? So that's something you can do as, as soon as the podcast ends. Start your career development plan. B, if you already have a career development plan, as soon as the podcast is over, pull it out of the drawer because that's probably where it is. Dust it off and update it and start using it as a tool. Okay. And then lastly, if you already have A and B in good shape and you're happy with those things, then get on your company website and enroll in some feedback if they have any, if they have any tools. If they don't have any tools, then get on the web browser and start looking for a leadership coach to help you organize your own feedback survey. So those are my, those are my five-second challenges. Fantastic. Fantastic challenges. Um, Kim, I want to just explore a little bit more of the idea of developing your leadership skills. Some people think that leaders are born. And I think you and I both share the opinion that leadership skills can be developed. Can you talk about the importance of having a leadership coach? Greg just mentioned that, you know, how important it was to him, how important he thinks it is in the process of developing leadership skills. But I'd like to hear um, you share with the, from your experience, because you've worked with a lot of people, you've seen a lot of people develop. Um, so share those experiences of working with people from different backgrounds to develop their leadership skills. Okay. Um, well, I have to say this. I don't think that it is a natural behavior to build a high-performance team, right? It's not something we're born knowing. It's something that we have to learn, um, hopefully, by watching other leaders who are good leaders, and then second, by stepping into some new experiences ourselves. But leadership is a skill that can be learned, like cooking, like gardening. You can learn leadership skills the minute you decide you want to commit yourself to changing some outcome. And it's not reserved in my mind just for the formal leaders of the organization. It's for anybody who wants to step forward to affect a change and to make their jobs more purposeful. So, Kim, we put Greg on the spot for a five-second challenge. What would you challenge our listeners to do? Okay, um, it's very much along the same lines. Uh, the fastest thing you do is to make a decision to act, to, um, to ask a small question, okay? Find somebody who you trust and ask that person, um, will you take a few minutes to share with me candidly on your experience working with me? At least one example where I can learn and grow. What should I start doing, stop doing, or continue doing? Take that step. Ask one person that you feel comfortable with. 
receive the feedback, and see what happens. So you have that small step of receiving feedback. One of the things Greg talked about was that cycle of taking feedback and then sharing with someone how they used it. Can you just go into a little bit more detail? You know, I am the person who works up the nerve to type the email to, you know, a coworker and say, I know we've been working on this project. I'd really like to know what my strengths and weaknesses are. And I open that email and I'm not at all happy with what I see. What do I do? Uh, Sit still. (laughs) (laughs) Sit still and um, give it some time to sink in. It, our reactive brain works very fast, and then our frontal cortex takes a little time. And again, it really, I talk about the difference between your identity and your reputation. So your identity is the you that you know, all the good reasons that you do things. And your reputation is the you that other people know. So try to look at it logically. You're just trying to get a feel for how your behaviors look from the outside in. And it's not right, wrong, good, or bad. It's information. And... Um, If you're going to receive, that's why I I encourage people to take a small step too to assess how much feedback they're prepared to receive. Don't overdo it if you can't take it, but it's, it is the, you know, if they say feedback is the breakfast of champions, if you can, there's always going to be constructive and positive feedback and you can ask for the positive feedback too. be sure that you get both. And so what I'm hearing you say, if you're not comfortable, maybe with feedback, Rather than doing a 360 or something, just start maybe with someone who is in your circle of trust so that you're, you know, you're going to get some, some good and bad feedback. Right. And I'll, I'll build on that just a little bit. Um, the people who get the feedback are the ones who ask for it. And the people who get it a second time are the ones who show that they can be trusted to use it and not... Um, not undo it or analyze it. Just take it in and use it. You don't have to agree or disagree with it. Right. And that, I think, reinforces what um, Greg was saying throughout his career. He got the good and the bad, but he incorporated, used it, and helped build his leadership skills that way. Now, Kim, in in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to share about your specific work. But for those of our listeners who are sitting out there and going, oh, this leadership coach sounds like a good idea, but I'm not sure exactly how to find one and and how to vet one. What would you tell our listeners who go going, yeah, I need a leadership coach, but how can we get them over the hurdle of, of making that first contact? Okay. The simplest thing I can tell people is to look at the international coaching federation website, which is a place where you can find a credentialed coach. So the ICF, International Coaching Federation, is a nonprofit that sets standard coaches and has a code of ethics so that you know what you're getting. So you can go there and actually put in some information on the type of coach that you're looking for. And, and you can see on the site the types of skills that are built. So these are people who've been supervised as coaches, put in a certain number of hours of coaching, had to pass a knowledge exam. So just like, you know, with your finances, you would want a certified financial planner. With your building your skills for the future, I would recommend that people find a good certified uh, coach. Uh, Kim, share with us about your practice, what, what you're doing. Uh, okay, my practice is very consistent with what we've been describing. My focus is helping people learn leadership skills by focusing on what's next and learning through application and practice. And uh, I like to ask people to identify specific leadership challenges that they're facing uh, in their jobs. Sometimes it's in their next chapter of life. Sometimes it's the integration of, of job and life. And then work for a structure period, either three or six months, so that there's a defined start and end. And uh, my organization is Labyrinth Leadership Group which can be found on the website. So just to reinforce, you work with both individuals and then with large companies so that maybe you take on a project to help leaders in a company all develop, or you will work one-on-one with somebody who's trying to develop their leadership skills. Is that correct? 
Yep, that's correct. I work individually and um, I do find team coaching very powerful right now because it's a way to get more people exposed to coaching at a better um, cost value alignment. And then teams have synergies. So when people get into these positive feedback cycles, it has a way of um, really getting sustainable if you work on it as a team. Um, Kim, would you um, say one more time how to reach you, maybe even spell out the name of your company for those of us that are spelling challenge? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, my email is kim at labyrinthleader.org, spelled L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H. L-E-A-D-E-R dot org, labyrinthleader.org. And if you go to the website, you can find out what it means to use the symbol of a labyrinth. Fantastic. Kim and Greg, I want to thank you for joining us today. For those of you out there who are listening on iTunes, Spotify, or another platform that lets you rate the show and leave comments, please let us know how we are doing. Career Central is committed to bringing practical career advice to you each week, and your feedback helps us reach that goal. Again, just a quick reminder, Greg and Kim have given you some wonderful five-second challenges. Kim wants you to take that first step, reach out, ask for feedback, accept it, process it, and implement it. Greg, being the executive that he is, has a more complicated challenge for us, but I think I have it. And that is first, if you don't have a plan, start it. If um, Think about where you want to be in five to ten years. If you have a plan, pull it out, dust it off, and use the resources that you can with your company or contract with a leadership coach to new, move forward in your career and develop those skills that you want to have. Next week, we will be talking about more strategies and techniques for advancing our careers. We will have a guest who is an expert on using LinkedIn to advance your career goals. Until then, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do so. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.